0: How do you know when a franchise is probably past its best before date? Well, if the actress who made your series what it is comes back on the sole condition that her character is killed off, that's probably a good indicator. Can Michael Myers continue after Laurie Strode commits character seppuku? Find out as we attempt to prove to you that Halloween resurrection is not that bad. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to It's Not That Bad, the podcast that looks for A, great, in B, movies. And I realize that we are now post-spooky season. It's, uh, I guess, the first November Wednesday after Halloween. So, A, you're probably completely full of Halloween candy right now. And B, you probably have a big pile of candy that the kids aren't allowed to have in the middle of the table you say it's for their safety, you're just taking your cut. You're basically like some kind of loan shark going, okay, kids, I let you go out and get your candy now. Where's the Vig, huh? Okay. But that means we're still kind of in spooky season, so we're gonna talk Halloween resurrection. And to resurrect this podcast from from its, you know, mundane existence. I, I kinda I don't know if I just, you know either praised you or dissed the podcast one of the two but it's my lovely wife carrie carrie welcome back to the show
1: (laughs) apparently i'm the exorcist here
0: (laughs) i need a young host and an old host oh well that you're the young host and i'm the old host so that kind of works out well but carrie how are you doing today
1: (laughs) doing great and uh happy devil's night
0: No, no, it's... Okay, we are officially recording this on Devil's Night. People are going to be listening to this post-Halloween so they can be like, what day is it today? Which is the most 2020 of 2020 questions. Um, But, okay, here's how we came about to pick this movie. We put a bunch of actors' names into a bag on pieces of paper, and Carrie picked one. And out of the bag came Jamie Lee Curtis's name. So when you realized that there were a few Halloween movies to pick from, what was your reaction to the fact that, yes, you were going to have to talk about a Halloween movie?
1: I just realized how unaware I am of the Halloween franchise. I I mean, how many are there? There's like... Five, it's, six. It
0: it depends on seven, which eight? timeline you go with. I, I think at last count, there's there's well over ten Halloween films.
1: Holy cheese! When did Halloween become like Star Wars? <laughs> uh,
0: I'm 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 curious though uh, if we actually did a count as to which horror franchise has the most ha- or most movies in it because there's the Friday the Thirteenth ones which had ten of them plus Freddy vs Jason plus the remake. There was Nightmare on Elm Street, which also had Freddy versus Jason, uh, and not to mention the remake there. And then you had Halloween, which went way too many different directions to count. I think Halloween, Michael Myers may have the most films of any horror slasher icon. Curious. I'll have to do that math. Hmm. But... Before we go down Halloween Resurrection Road, it is time to take this
2: slasher flick and trailerize it. The most horrifying thing in the world is about to hit the big screen. And no, it's not Michael Myers. No, in 2002, the scariest thing that Halloween can throw at us is a giant dose of reality TV. Jamie Lee Curtis returns for about 50 minutes of Halloween Resurrection. This time, Michael Myers is the worst Airbnb host who just wants a bunch of damn millennials to stop filming everything they do and get out of his damn house. But if they won't get off his lawn, he'll mow them down. It's a horror movie that proves that people will watch anything on the internet, even this movie, Halloween Resurrection, rated R for Real World Haddonfield. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, my God. There's a lot to unpack there. there.
2: There is
0: a lot to unpack there. Wow. For the record, Haddonfield, Illinois, is the town that uh, that Halloween actually takes place in. This film stars Jamie Lee Curtis for a grand total of about 15 minutes here, Katie Sackhoff, Busta Rhymes, Tyra Banks, Brad Laurie in the Michael Myers suit. Uh, here's where I apologize for, you know, potentially messing up names. But again, remember me, idiot, basement microphone. Bianca Kajilich, if the name does not sound familiar, she has played uh, Sheriff Mikado in Legacies, Christina Henry in Bosch, uh, and she was Natasha Kelly in Dawson's Creek. And if you're looking carefully, in the party, the Halloween party in this movie, the girl who is dressed up in the maid costume is none other than Natassia Malth, who played, you'll remember her this one, she played Typhoid Mary in Electra. <laughs> There's the look of, like, oh dear God, I have to remember Electra. By the way, we did talk about Electra in our uh, Grading on a Curve Superhero Movies episode. However, there is an almost starring in this one. First of all, Jacinda Barrett was originally cast to play Sarah, but she dropped out uh, prior to production. Now, of the cast that was in place, not everyone ended up in the roles that they were originally intended to be in. Katie Sackhoff, who played Jen, um, which by the way, all ballstar Galactica fans are now going, holy crap, Katie Sackhoff was in this? Yes, yes, she was but she was originally slated to play Donna, the redhead who was played by Daisy McCacken or McCracken. Again, sorry about messing up the names. And Bianca, who played Sarah, was originally going to be played as Jen. So it's almost like they did a, a, a little mini Chinese fire drill as far as the roles in this one goes. Um, th- there's a couple of interesting notes on this one here. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this film because of contractual obligations. She basically, she committed to like the four days of filming just so they could yeet her character out of the franchise so she wouldn't have to do it again. Like th- that, is the, that is the commitment of, yep, yep, just finish it. It's done. But I mean, that's what Harrison Ford wanted to do with Han Solo in Return of the Jedi. And he finally got to do it in Force Awakens. So, um, but then of course, you know, the narrator voice, Jamie Lee Curtis would return eventually. Um, so if you're a little confused, don't worry, so is everybody else. Um, Bianca Kajilic, who plays Sarah, there's this scene. Oh, by the way, this movie's 20 years old, so I'm not even gonna warn you that we're gonna spoil it. Um, you've been, you know, just, just take it on, on faith, okay? There's this scene where they're auditioning all the kids to be in the reality series, and she screams this like really high-pitched scream and starts breaking glass. That's not her scream. Apparently, Bianca Kajlic cannot scream. Apparently, so they had to overdub her her scream in the film with somebody else, which I find it fascinating see how that's one of her character traits. And uh, eh, that's just me. Miles and Scott, the two kids at the party, are dressed as Jules and Vince. From Pulp Fiction. This is where Carrie raises her hands. Yes, hand.
1: they are. Yes, I loved that.
0: Which is an interesting little tidbit here. Because in 1995, when they were making Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, Quentin Tarantino was approached to to do the film. But he turned it down. So no Tarantino so, directed Michael Myers film for you. Nice little nod though. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was directed by Rick Rosenthal who uh, directed Halloween 2, but it was almost directed uh, by Whitney Rancic who has you know directed episodes of like ER and Nash Bridges uh, and Dwight H. Little who previously directed Halloween 4 and Free Willy 2. How do you go from Halloween 4 to free Willy 2. I'm... I, I got nothing on that one. I really don't. Um, this film was nom- or given a dishonorable mention for Worst Film of the Year at the 2002 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. And it was also nominated for Worst Sequel that, that year. It lost to analyze that. Um, and probably a part of that is because the budget and the and the gross take this film had a budget of only only 13 million dollars domestically it grossed 30 million dollars and worldwide 37 million here's the one that really baffles me okay because we've talked about halloween on this podcast before whether we're talking about halloween three seasons of the witch or whether we're talking about other movies that were released during the halloween time this film was released on the July 12th weekend of 2002. I, I, I'm sorry? Who releases a Halloween film in July? That's that is like putting out your Christmas ads in October. No, just no. And it's sad that I've already seen some Christmas ads here. Uh, But it debuted at number four with a weekend take of just over $12 million. At the top of the box office that weekend was Men in Black 2. Road to Perdition was the highest debuting film that week. It debuted at number two. Reign of Fire debuted at number three. And The Crocodile Hunter Collision Course debuted at number six. But why we're here aside from pulling out Jimmy Lee Curtis's name out of a bag of names, is the Critic score. Over at Metacritic, it has a Metascore of 19. And over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score sits at 25%, but the Tomatometer. 10%. Let's put this into perspective here. This is, at 25%, the lowest audience score of any film in the Halloween franchise and the second-lowest tomatometer. The lowest goes to Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. That got 9% with a 37% audience score. So when I tell you this is a 10% tomatometer film with only a 25% audience score, does that shock you a little bit?
1: The Tomatometer, <laughs> the, the tomato meter.
2: Tomatometer.
1: <laughs> um, that score doesn't shock me as much as the audience score. I think, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, what was it that the audience didn't like? Or is that based on the fact that they? Launched the movie in the middle of summer.
0: I I don't know if it's the release weekend that that really did it. But I mean, let's call this out for what it is, right? Like, Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of like the linchpin for the entire Halloween franchise. I mean, so many movies of this franchise have her in it. I mean, this is why Jamie Lee Curtis is known as one of the original Scream Queens. Um, But this was the film that she basically wanted to yeet herself out of the franchise, but she's front and center on the poster. Like it's, it feels almost like false advertising. It's like, okay, you're going to get Laurie Strode. And then you have this really, really interesting, you know, showdown between Lori and Michael at the beginning of the film. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, she's dead. And now we start with the beginning credits, which kind of felt like the end credits at that point, it felt like a Halloween short. And then all of a sudden there's a full movie after this?
1: The thing I didn't understand is why they didn't circle back to, and I apologize, I totally forget the character's name, but the um, the, the patient in the sanitarium yeah, I who get- knew so much about Michael Myers, why didn't they check in with him at the end?
0: I think it's one of those things where they, they just basically closed that chapter. Like yes, this this guy at the mental at the mental institution was very obsessed with serial killers. He uh, he, he was basically you know putting clown masks on like like William Gacy, uh, constantly reciting all of these facts uh, about uh, serial killers, um, like it's a serial killer based podcast or something. Um, but it's you know it really did feel like a short film. Like you think about going into a Pixar film in the theaters, right? When they would have these short little films and then they show the full Pixar movie. This kind of felt like the prequel little short before actually getting into a Halloween film. It, it, it was very odd, really very odd. And I think that took away from it a little bit, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, a little bit later, but let's get to the breakdown of this. And we're going to start with the kids in the house, starting with Bianca Kajlic as Sarah Moyer more commonly referred to as the final girl of this film. How was Sarah for you?
1: You know what? I, I liked her. I liked really, um, uh, you know, I, I I thought she had this confidence about her that um, was almost unshakable. I mean, even though she's going up against a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: <laughs> I have questions. Ah, I have questions because there's a lot about Sarah's character that was really interesting leading up to going into the house. By the way, the basic premise of this movie, once you get past um, the whole Laurie Strode thing with Jamie Lee Curtis, is that these kids have all uh, basically signed up to be on this reality show where kids get locked into this really, you know, creepy AF house with no power whatsoever, and everyone's got wireless cameras on, and the entire thing is streamed on uh, on the internet for people to watch. It's uh what do what, what they call it? danger And it's there were a lot of you know if you think about 2002 there were a lot of these you know shows and whatnot here in canada we had this u8 tv thing that was going on at the time where yeah people basically lived in this house that was live streamed and you could you know basically check in on them on the internet at the time and then you know, kind of like Big Brother as well. Like UATV was almost like the Canadian precursor to break to Big Brother, uh, and of course, uh, Real World was 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 big at the time, and Survivor was big at the time. Like reality TV in the early two thousands. I mean, that was it. It really was. Um, So that's kind of the premise for this. But even before they get into the house. Sarah is thinking that she's seeing Michael Myers behind her, Um, this high-pitched scream that is like sonically able to shatter glass that we never see that thing again. There's a lot to Sarah potentially that would lead her to be the natural choice to be the final girl because she's the one who's seeing Michael Myers. She's the one who has this ability to create a high-pitched scream that basically ruins people's ears that never gets used. Again. So,
1: but why? Why her out of all of them?
0: And that's the question. It's never explained why she's seeing Michael Myers. I mean, yes, she's, she's, everyone else in the the house is there for fame, right? That pretty much like anyone who goes on a reality show. Everyone is there for their 15 minutes of fame right? Try to make it big on the internet. People will, you know, you'll live forever. She's not that person. She's not, she's there. I don't even know if it's really explained as to why she's, she's signed up for this.
1: See, that's what I I felt like I was missing something, but maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, because I wasn't well-versed in the other Halloween movies, maybe she was a reoccurring character. Nope. That. Nope. (laughs) No. So that's the thing. We don't know her backstory though.
0: There is no backstory. Take away Jamie Lee Curtis. Take away that entire first 15 minutes of this film. Right. Aside from really Michael Myers, it's an entirely different story. It's kind of like with Friday the 13th. There are some Friday the 13th films that Jason is the only recurring character from the rest of the series. Here, you had a situation where you had all these brand new characters and one Michael Myers. And there was a good reason why Michael would be kind of defending his house because, you know, here is his home, his family home, his childhood home. This is kind of where he hides away from everyone else when he's not going all hacky slashy. And then all of a sudden you have these, you know, reality TV star wannabes you know, invading his house and looking through all his stuff. There's no question why Michael Myers would be like, oh hey, you know, Christmas came early, get my hacky stabby thing going on. But for, fish in a
1: barrel. Fish in a barrel. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty
0: much. And that's and that's the thing. Like it's it's served to him, right? It's a fascinating plot, especially, and then we're going to get to like some of the, the, the tonal similarities to other films of the time as well. There's a lot going for this story, but A, going from Laurie Strode, you know, dying at the hands of Michael Myers to all of a sudden this non-Laurie Strode related story, it's, it's like someone took a left turn at Albuquerque and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we're going to go this way. This story could have stood on its own with these characters. You did not need Jamie Lee Curtis in this. And I get she's there for contractual obligations. And I get she is the biggest name in this film. You did not need her. And I don't even think she wanted to be there in the first place. Like, that's... Ah, Snickers bar. (laughs) Snickers bar.
1: Well, I just want to pontificate that it's almost kind of like, I don't know, like... Those who believe in the character are are not going to be the victim of them. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess where I'm going with this is that a lot of the murders that took place in the home were seen in real time, mm-hmm. live on, yeah, I guess it'd be television. It wouldn't be the internet. No, no, it was the it internet. Danger It was, internet. was a
0: live stream. Yeah.
1: So... So we're seeing this real time but um maybe it's that Sarah um previously like was following um Michael Myers previous killing sprees that she actually believed in him as opposed to you know hey let's stay in the murder house mm-hmm. you know
0: oh i mean she she's definitely the one with a head on her shoulders which is which is evident for when she you know goes to buster rhymes's house or, or motel room there and uh tries to kind of you know quit basically before the filming starts doesn't work I, I have a feeling Sarah is there just because Jen kind of signed her up to do it because that's what best friends do. Hey, you know, we stick together forever, right? Like, when you know, that night I'm going to go stay in a murder house. Um, but, yeah, like, there's more to Sarah. I mean, at least there's the angle where she's, you know, chatting back and forth with, uh, I, I think it was with Miles, uh, who she thinks his name is Deckard, which... um if you're a Blade Runner fan, you're 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 kind of chuckling because that, of course, is Harrison Ford's character name in Deckard, and since it was Harrison Ford who wanted to yeet out Han Solo and Return of the Jedi, it kind of makes sense that there's a Deckard name in there. Um, I liked that part of it where she's using the internet to to reach out to Deckard, hopefully that he's watching, kind of thing. Um, but we'll get to the to, to Miles's response in a bit, but. You know that was clever. That was um, that was kind of using that, that, that live internet able to communicate with people um, as a tool against Michael Myers. I just think there is more to Sarah that could have been explored. There really is. Then there's Katie Sackhoff, who plays her blonde best friend Jen. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm, I'm watching this because I, ad, admittedly, admittedly, you know, I'm not the biggest Halloween watcher. I think the the Halloween movie I may have watched the most, which might be twice, is the one that the first one that Rob Zombie directed that starred uh, Scout Taylor Compton. Um, but Katie Sackhoff most people remember not just from Battlestar Galactica, where she played Starbuck, but the fact that she's also now Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian. Like, this is badass Katie Sackhoff. And now she's Bubbly Jen. How was Jen for you?
1: I liked her. I was sad that she was the first to go in the house. Well, I mean... (laughs) Like that, that was hard to watch, man. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, Yeah. heads are rolling. But oh. she, she
0: did break one of the cardinal rules of being in a horror film. By the way, if you're listening, if you're wondering what the cardinal rules are, go get a DVD copy of Freddy versus Jason and listen to the director's commentary because Robert Englund goes off on this wonderful little diatribe, right? Where it's like, you do drugs, you die. You have sex, you die. You're mean to the girls, you die. And yeah. Oh,
1: they made a whole movie of it called Scream, remember? Oh, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: right? But but there's the thing. Jen is this fun, bubbly character. And, you know, she... she has no problem saying where her boundaries are, right? Uh, you know, when um, when when Bill is trying to get her to, to flash her boobs for a bit of uh, um, you know, a bit of internet fame, which by the way, before you get excited, body double, okay, body double, not actual Katie Sackhoff boobies, okay. Oh, really? Body double, she did oh. not want to do it, so apparently. Like, like, she
1: didn't want to die. Well, she didn't want to die. She knew right? the
0: rules, right? She went so far with the shirt, right? But then they did a close-up of of the body double's boobs, and I guess I don't know if she knew that they were going to be, you know, that upfront kind of thing. So when apparently this is all according to IMDb, she had to assure her parents that no, those were not her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just, you know. But but all of a sudden... That's
1: respectable.
0: You no, know, absolutely. And she, she drew the line with Bill because Bill was kind of creepy as hell. And But then she goes off with Rudy and starts, you know, hitting the bong. I'm like, A, what the hell are you doing? Why are you hitting a bong in the middle of a murder house?
1: Well, what else is there to do?
0: That'd I mean, be true enough. True enough. I mean, you got no power. You got no TV. You got no internet, even though, yeah, you're the internet. But yep, no, nope, time to hit a bong. Um,
1: I, the last thing I ever want I'm putting it out there. If I'm in a murder house, the last thing I want is any sort of drug that's going to make me f- like even more frightened and and anxious <laughs> like nah the,
0: the last <laughs> the last thing you need is more paranoia in that situation. right, right? um but she was she was fun in this like, I, like I said, I have this preconceived notion of Katie Sackhoff as a total and utter badass. So to see her in this light bubbly role, even though it's in a horror slasher film, it was, it was a complete left turn, but I really enjoyed her in this. It was fun. We mentioned Bill though, the creepy guy who was basically trying to get Jen to flash her boobs as played by Thomas Ian Nichols. Um, and yeah, you're rude to the girls you die
1: you know what though you say he was creepy the other dude was like even swarthier
0: oh Jim yeah. yeah like there are no good men in the house no that's <laughs> gonna have to say that right um yeah like here's the problem too and I have to put this out there and this, and again this is nothing against any of the actors in the film okay because I thought they all did a fairly decent job but this film is not exactly a really long runtime. Like it went by pretty fast, but you waste fifteen minutes on an unnecessary Laurie Strode storyline, and that's time of that's that's runtime that you could use to further elaborate on some of these characters. And some of these characters need elaboration. Like, like let let's get this out there right now: Daisy McCracken as Donna and Luke Kirby as Jim right, the redhead and the guy you said was basically uber skeezy, right, they were there to die, that's pretty oh, yeah. much what it boils down to, right, like Donna was there to get naked and Jim was there to die with her, like that's kind of how it went, um, I actually didn't mind Jim's, you know, slight turn, because he, he is, he's sleazy, he's, he's smarmy, but i think that's more of a of a deflection against his inner shyness because you know when donna starts to make the moves on him he's like no 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 wait wait, wait, wait let's do, let's do this kind of thing donna however initially calls his bluff on being all like you know smooth and smarmy and stuff like that and then all of a sudden shifts to hey let's get freaky in the murder basement like why <laughs> i
1: i know I, I was like did i I, I thought I missed something. I'm like, wait, when when did
0: this take a turn? She went from hands off to horn dog in like zero point six.
1: Maybe it was the dead bodies that. Well, no, they were made in they, Taiwan. They, they, made in Taiwan,
0: <laughs> but but that's the thing. Like that was an uh, interesting part about this, where it's like I, I think it's the movie The Cabin in the Woods, where the entire thing is is almost like a, a, a setup kind of thing. Like, Cabin in the Woods is a much smarter horror film, and this this may have actually inspired that a little bit, maybe, possibly. But, I mean, I they were there to die. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, same thing with Bill. He was there to die. But Rudy is played by Sean Patrick Thomas. Um, this was interesting because for a while, I thought he was going to be the guy that makes it out of the house with with Sarah. And then he goes and, you know, hits up the bong with Jen.
1: You do drugs, you die. You
0: do drugs, you die. But <laughs> I, I did like Rudy in this. Um, so taking a look at the, the, the six characters in the house... You know, Bianca as Sarah, Katie as Jen, uh, Bill, the creepy guy, uh, Jim, the other creepy guy, Donna, the naked redhead, and Rudy, the bong-hitting, you know, basically door decoration once Michael Myers is done with him. Oh. Oh, yeah, I went there. Oh, Oh, I went there. Good
1: description.
0: What is it about these six that actually worked for you?
1: Well, you know what? I think... I don't think it was any one of the characters, but I think as a whole, like it worked, right? You had, um, I mean, you summed it up perfectly. Um, it It was a really, it was a good ensemble and you could pretty much tell within the first five minutes who's dying and who's making it out of there. Like I called it, you know? I'm like, for sure, Sarah's going to be, you know, she's going to make it out. Yeah, she's she the
0: obvious final girl. She yeah. had
1: to be the first to go, mm-hmm. um, you know, because she was the best friend. So it's going to impact Sarah the most. Um, the other two. Yeah, you know, like you, you just knew that they would hook up and they would die.
0: Mm hmm. 'm I'm, I'm just curious too and before we get on to like some of the other actors and some of the other points we're going to talk about here, you mentioned it. It's predictable. you know who's going to die although again, seeing Rudy die until he hit the bong I thought Rudy was making it alive. but that being said, does the predictability of this t- you know t- take away from the 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 film experience?
1: I don't think so. I think for the most part now, I'm going to put the disclaimer out first that I'm not a big horror movie buff and I know that there are those out there who honor the genre and Mm -hmm. this is no disrespect, okay? However, for the most part, horror movies in general are formulaic. So you can pretty much tell... I mean, unless it's one with a real twisted ending, Mm -hmm. which I respect that too. Break away from the predictability. Yeah. Right? But um, I guess where I'm going with this is again, I'm not a horror movie buff but watching this movie it was like, okay, yep, you're dead. You're dead. You're going to make it out alive. You're going to be okay. Um, You know, like you could, you can pretty much call it.
0: Yeah. I, I think there is, though, a, a difference between horror films and slasher films. Horror films can be atmospheric. They can be really, really creepy. They don't necessarily have to be entirely about death and, and serial killers. You can have a horror film that is atmospheric, that is mysterious, that is different. This is formulaic slasher film right and it's not even like a a film like the the first ever friday the 13th where jason wasn't the killer in that one it was the mom right there are slasher films out there that are unpredictable this is not one of them and it's at a time in the franchise where it was faltering it really was faltering h2o the movie that preceded this you know because it happened 20 years after the original film had the nostalgia factor to it this felt like it was flogging the dead horse with a giant knife
1: you know what um and again and and I think you're absolutely right about the definition between slasher and horror film and you're right about that so I do apologize if I put the wrong genre Labeling
0: oh, it, on it, however, it's still in the horror section of the blockbuster. But you know, <laughs> there, yeah. there there is a, a, at least a stylistic difference between the two.
1: There's categorizations, um, mm-hmm. but where I was going with that, um, I think. I totally lost what I was actually going to say. <laughs> so I say
0: blockbuster um, and you're just like, eee, blockbusters! I know, right? Seven movies, seven days! Um. <laughs> uh. but, but it is. It's very, it's very much a by-the-numbers slasher flick. Um But they did try to potentially throw some curveballs. Let me explain. Oh, wait, she got your hand.
1: Oh, you know what? I I did. I I just wanted to say, though, that I think the first 15 minutes, even though you've completely, you know, led me to believe, like, it was irrelevant, I did want to point out that I think that little nod to the nostalgia before they bring it into the here and now was... Important, Mm -hmm. like I, I I think, um, just having that is almost kind of like a nice little packaged bridge between Michael Myers' history and his present.
0: I I think the thing though that they forgot about with these films, for the most part, the villain is the drawing point. Like, it doesn't matter who's going up against Freddy in a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Freddy is the attraction. I think there is a slight... uh, I think Halloween is maybe more akin to a Friday the 13th, right? You could say a lot about Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees that are very similar, right? A mask that really doesn't allow the face to be discernible uh apparently they shop they both shop a coveralls or us uh they're very much a walking menacing threat but there's never any dialogue out of them right Freddy's fun Freddy's dialogue freddie you can see the eyes of him which makes him more of a character same thing with pinhead you know pinhead talks Pinhead, you can see his eyes. You can see his emotions. You cannot see any emotion in Michael Myers and, and Jason Voorhees. But to that token as well, they had tried Halloween films without Jamie Lee Curtis. And they didn't do anywhere near as well. H2O comes out. And even though the critics, you know, weren't exactly kind on that one either, it still did well because Jamie Lee Curtis was back in the franchise. I don't know if this film makes its money back, if Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in there for the contractual obligations reasons, but I don't think it needed her. I really don't. You could make this film without Michael Myers even. Just have a mysterious new slasher Take the Halloween name off it, right? Or this falls into what John Carpenter originally wanted with the Halloween franchise in that it's just a series of anthology horror type films that all happen to take place on Halloween. They don't all have to have Mike Myers in them. That was never the plan originally. Here was a chance where you could have an entirely new slasher franchise created but it's Halloween and it's Mike Myers and you shoehorned in Jimmy Lee Curtis for reasons and I get that it brought people into the theaters but I think after 50 minutes you go oh we're not going to see her again
1: can I just say that I loved that she had a Raggedy Ann doll
0: well because she had in like the first one
1: Okay, but because I had only just learned literally like 24 hours ago mm-hmm. that Annabelle was originally it's supposed to, to be, be a, Raggedy Ann, yeah. a Raggedy Ann doll. And because it would be too triggering or horrific to, you know, almost every second child that ever owned a Raggedy Ann doll, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, wow. And again, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is like my first first Halloween movie and I'm probably starting smack dab in the middle of the franchise. You, you
0: are you are basically so, starting in the in the swamp part of, yeah. of the uh, of, of of the whole so
1: like welcome to the party. Yeah. Uh <laughs> y- you missed a lot. But
0: but I mean that being said, I mean aside from Jimmy Lee Curtis, who was clearly the biggest name on this cast, you actually had a couple of decent sized names on there as well. Namely Buster Rhymes, Busta Rhymes. As Freddy, the Kung Fu-loving buster. Um, But it's interesting, though, because they apparently shot, like, three or four different endings for this film. uh, And Freddy had a different fate in each of them. Um, And apparently all of those endings are on, like, the DVD copy kind of thing. But, I mean, I... There were times that I really liked Busta Rhymes in this and there were times that I'm just like, okay, now you're just way over the top here. But how was Freddy as played by Busta Rhymes for you?
1: Oh, he was so fantastic. He had the best lines. Trick or treat, mother... <laughs> 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 oh my God. I I so enjoyed Busta Rhymes. He was so much fun. There wasn't a point where I... Okay. I disliked his character and I thought he was cruel Mm -hmm. Um, setting like he was the quintessential reality show producer that proves that it's not all reality. And it's I mean, clearly in this case, because it's live to the Internet, there's no editing. However, you know, he's he's setting these things up like Mm -hmm. completely swarthy and dishonest and. You know, just looking for the ratings as opposed to, I mean, first of all, who in their right mind puts six teenagers in a murder house?
0: Freddie does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i have a feeling Freddie needed to be as, not swarmy, because I don't think he was really swarmy, but he was definitely always on the sell. Right. He He was was
1: over the top.
0: Yeah. But he needed to be because I think at the heart of this film, aside from being your typical Michael Myers slasher film, deep down, this film is a deep criticism of reality television. Like it really is. People willing to die for instant fame, right? Willing to do the stupidest out there in the hopes that it will make them famous. This film when you re- when you really watch it and there there's moments when he's like there's one speech where he's like America doesn't like reality. They like the glitter. They like the glam, right? Like that's it's so on point, right? These are the moments where you sit there and say this movie is not just a way for Michael Myers to up his body count. This film is a scathing rebuke of reality television in 2002, I think that message gets lost a little bit in the hacky slashy, but it really is a scathing rebuke. And yeah, 2002, that ish was everywhere, every station out there, and there are a lot of them in 2002 because you know not you know, this is when like cable television is huge before streaming services really came in. Every station had their reality shows. You and I used to watch them all the time. Not you know, not the Survivor type shows, and not the Bachelor type shows. I mean, we watched more like I know you loved your Slice TV with your um you know not Love or List, but yeah the but but every show had them.
1: I do want to take you back to the time though, mm-hmm. in that it was reality TV. Yeah, and. Right before the internet blew up with the YouTube and the UA
0: TVs out there, yeah. Right.
1: Like giving anyone with a camera their five minutes of fame and attention. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like this was almost ahead of its time because it was an internet channel as opposed to yeah. just the reality TV model. Um and yeah, I, I mean, again, it was almost kind of like, yes, it was it was a definite, um. It, it was so poignant to the time, really. Mm-hmm. I think
0: I think it's still poignant today. I mean, let's be honest, right? If you took the non Laurie Strode part of this movie, and you took out Michael Myers and you put in, you know, brand spanking new slasher character, right? and you put a bunch of twitch streamers in a house right twitch streamers and youtubers and so um, you know social influencers this film today still works even if the medium has changed slightly and that's actually a good thing about this film like you know say what you will about the predictability say what you will about the you know the the, the, the bait-and-switch of Jamie Lee Curtis. This film can be made today smartly, Michael Myers or not, and it works. Surprisingly, though, as we're getting back to this film here, I did not expect Tyra Banks in this film. Supermodel Tyra Banks as, as Freddie's assistant. Um... She was kind of fun in this.
1: She was so much fun. Oh, my God. I love how she's like, yeah, I have everything under control. And then you see in the cameras, nope, nothing is under control. But, (laughs) you know, good job. Um, Plus, I really, like, I, I was so jealous of that frosty beverage that she was drinking with that the the cappuccino maker yeah Mm -hmm. the whipped cream on top of the cappuccino i i i was triggered by that you
0: want you want that machine in your office don't you
1: i definitely want one of those okay
0: well just do me a favor if you are watching me on any kind of, of video or something like that um please if i am dying if i am being attacked by a serial killer Put the cappuccino down and do something, will you? But <laughs> but it was. She, she was fun in this. It, it's a small role. Like, it's really not a big role. I think Tyra Banks made that role better and definitely more noticeable because of just how much fun she was having with it. Now, Miles and Scott. The two guys who were at the party, Miles being the guy who was working the keyboard and whatnot... Your Pulp Fiction costume-wearing <laughs> party goers here, love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you lead off on this because I got questions that need to come afterwards. But Miles and Scott for you.
1: Oh, you know what? I thought they were fantastic, and I, um, I mean, it, it's again, I, I love that it's the other side of this. It's very much like the public is watching. Right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And, you know, it wouldn't have been the same movie without that dynamic, without people literally watching the demise of these five teenagers.
0: They're basically watching a snuff film.
1: Um, No, but I mean, they, they had no idea what to expect. No. They were literally just like you and I on several occasions, just mindlessly tuning into the lives of others by watching reality TV. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, but it's that I can't look away. What's going to happen next. And then you get so involved and engaged with these characters in front of you in the storyline. And then, well, they start dying, you know, on camera, like, like, that's when, you know, it gets real. I, I just have to question, like, the police were called. And I I, I love how he picked up the phone and said, yes, 911? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but thanks for announcing the call that you're making. No,
0: it's pizza, pizza. What do you want? <laughs> like,
1: but where were the police in, in all this? They never...
0: The, piece, the police never show up until after all up. the killings done. Exactly. Until the
1: end. They could have saved so many lives. Could have changed the outcome, but no. Yeah. What were they, at a donut shop on the way? Uh, what the, f- getting a pizza? Uh,
0: yes, mm. and yes. Um, I will say, I think Scott, Scott wasn't really much of the character. Miles is the main character of that one. Um, and he's kind of like the the... Ned's guy in the chair or kind of like from Spider-Man where he's, I mean, he is Deckard, right? He's the one who's, who's sending Sarah, the, the text messages and, you know, letting her know where Mike Myers is in the house, because of course he's watching the live feed as he's going through the house, which is a really, really interesting, um, you know, outside assist for the, the final girl. But again, I have questions. And And again, this is where I wish, the Lori Strode part was out of the film and they spent more time in developing some of these characters here. We know miles is using like an online alias as Deckard in communicating with Sarah and helping her with like whatever kind of computer things and whatnot. And they've been ch- kind of chatting back and forth. And even, you know, the first scene before the Halloween party, it's like, you I think I'm in love kind of thing. Right. And then we, so we assume that they've never actually met in person. So he may not know what she actually looks like. Sarah is not an unattractive woman. He has zero reaction to finally seeing Sarah, right? You know, she calls out Deckard. If you're watching, help me. And it's like, oh wait, I'm Deckard. Not like, oh, she's the hot chick that I've been talking to. Like, like zero connection to reality. Um, But getting back to the, the actual party aspect of it, Again, this is the scathing part of reality. People are dying on this internet stream that they are watching and they're cheering. People tune in to these reality shows and watch these people get hurt, injure themselves, break down in tears, and say what you will about reality show. We all We all know a lot of it is edited for enhanced reality. But that Halloween party watching and cheering as people are getting like tripods to the throat and whatnot, they're cheering when they shouldn't be. They're cheering people's demise. This, when you take a look at it, not from the slasher film angle, this film is one big pimp hand back slap to everything that is reality television it's it's really fascinating but the style of it though like i don't know about you were you getting some blair witch vibes off of the feeds from the from everyone's cameras
1: Ooh, yes Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad you mentioned that too like um it was very well done
0: Mm -hmm. and this is only three years after the blair witch project came out which you know movies like Blair Witch Project, movies like Paranormal Activity. They've proven that the found footage horror style of film really work. This is brilliant. These these sketchy, staticky camera feeds, the shaky like like stylistically, there's a lot to like about this. Uh, even going back and forth from the actual film cameras to the to the the jittery head cameras that they're wearing. It's a I really wish there was more to that part of the film. You know, they could easily do something similar to this today, and it works. I think Halloween Resurrection, as panned as it was by the critics, much better in hindsight, especially when you take a look at it from a 2002 societal standpoint. But that being said, it is time. So, Carrie, who is your MVP... Of Halloween resurrection, <laughs> I I think I know the answer to this. But oh yeah, yeah.
1: Trick or treat, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Buster Rhymes. Okay, I love the scene where he, he's wearing the Mike Myers mask and he's like arguing with Mike Myers because he thinks that it's his camera guy or yeah,
0: like like he, the production assistant. Up. Yeah,
1: right. Um, oh my God, like that scene. It literally had me laugh out loud
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh yeah it, I, I, was, it was so funny
0: i will say that there are there are moments from buster rhymes where you know the salesman facade drops and you can almost see the 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 real person shine through right where where they're running from mike myers at you know after they realize that the, the, you know it's all real right and he looks at him and goes i swear I swear to God, like I didn't know, right? Like you see multiple angles of Freddie. He's not always on. He's not, he's not a stereotype of an executive, right? No,
1: but I love at the end where he was like, how am I doing? And he like, punches the camera guy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah again I, i'm now curious to see what the other endings ended up like but yeah but yeah like for the version that, that we saw on prime video it's, it's he did good but he's not my mvp
1: <gasps>
0: yeah, shock right Ooh. i don't know whether it's the fact that uh, she felt like the most flushed out of the six kids in the house or if it's the mere shock of seeing Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica be a ditzy blonde, but Katie Sackoff really felt like the most interesting of the six in the house to me. Like, I I get Sarah is the final girl. I kind of wanted Jen to survive. Like she was a fun character. She was she was the most the, the most character in there.
1: But again, she had to be the first to go.
0: She wasn't the first to go, though. She
1: was. Was she not?
0: No, she's one of the last to go. It was down to her, Rudy, and um, you're thinking the redhead. You're thinking Donna. No. No. no when no. her
1: head rolled down the stairs. Yeah,
0: but she she wasn't the first to go. You're getting you're getting your kills at a order here.
1: Who did I think I am?
0: Yeah, yeah. Don. Who
1: went first?
0: uh, Well, Ben was the guy who went first. Well, the the production assistant with the tripod to the throat went first. While Tyra Banks was doing her cappuccino dance. Uh, and then there was
1: the knife in the head. That was the guy.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. Ben was the first to go. Uh, and then I kind of like, I can't remember of Donna or Jim, you know, which order they went next. But yeah, because Jen and Rudy were off smoking the bong, right? Uh, and then uh, Rudy yeah. was downstairs, you know, looking in the living room for Mike Myers with Sarah. Meanwhile, Jen's at the top of the stairs, laughing her her, her stoned ass off while you know getting a, you know one last haircut, real close to the shoulders, like so.
1: Okay, you're yeah. right. I yeah, <laughs> I remember it out of.
0: There, there was there was lots of death and not necessarily in that order, so that's okay. <laughs> but Gary, thank you so much for going down Halloween Resurrection Road with me here. And to our listeners, thank you. Now, remember, you guys know the drill. If there is a film that you, out there that you think is unfairly maligned or is just so bad that there's no way in Halloween hell that we can find anything good to say about it, hit us up on Twitter at NotThatBadCast and we will watch it We will dissect it like it's Michael Myers And we will find the good things to say Because we are looking for those A grades in B movies She's Carrie, I'm Jay, you're awesome This is It's Not That Bad Take care